Hey, one more thing before you go. In a world where stress, whether it's chemical, mental, emotional, or financial, seems inescapable, are there answers or tips or tools that you can use to manage all of these effectively? How would you like to empower yourself and reclaim your inner strength, to break free from the confines of the mainstream narrative, and to design the lifestyle you truly desire? I think we all want that. Stay tuned. In this episode, we have a conversation about a riveting tale of one woman's remarkable journey an odyssey that transcends early depression and despair, leading to a life filled with grace, vitality, and empowerment. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing before you go. My guest in this episode is Dr. Lynn Carey. She's a seasoned chiropractor with an impressive 18 years of experience and has not only mastered the art of healing the body, but has ventured far beyond. She discovered the keys to healing herself and others on a physical, mental, and spiritual, and even financial level. Her insights are priceless gems polished by her own healing journey and honed by years of dedicated practice. Dr. Carey is going to be our guide as we embark on a journey to ultimate well-being, explore the boundless potentials within us, and uncover the secrets to transforming our lives for the better, providing us with a roadmap, living your most empowered life. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As I said in the beginning, what an amazing journey. Um, I think that you, I mean, look, I, I can empathize with you on any number of those things, you know, um, as my viewers know, and my audience knows, I, I uh, was di basically told by five doctors being a wheelchair for the rest of my life. But I walked my daughter down the aisle, and I haven't looked back. So and I'll be walking my second daughter down the aisle. So I understand the pain, the journey, the depression, the, the uh, despair that we're going to talk about here from from inside out. So Thank you for being here to share what you've got, your insights, and in your amazing journey. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you for this opportunity to share and for creating a platform to put these. You know, we empower each other with our stories, so I think it's fantastic. I think so too. It kind of helps us to understand that we're not walking alone, and there's always yeah. there's people behind us that can push us when we need a little push, or pull us when we need a little pull, or walk beside us and hold our hand if we need a little steady. So. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'd like to start in the beginning. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I just always knew. It's not that I, I always felt loved. I had a, a big family. I'm an only child, but my mom had a big family. Um, but I just saw that everybody was uh, working all the time. I didn't see happiness wasn't a priority. You know, we didn't talk about things like that. And I just thought this seems so depressing. Like there has to be more to life than this because it's still in my, what I was told there still wasn't enough. You know, we were always struggling for more to just survive. And I just didn't really find enjoyment, even in basic things, you know, that I saw, if I saw other people happy with certain things like kids playing, I don't know. I just was always a deep thinker looking for more and um, questioning everything. And I really believe part of that is what manifested as um, scoliosis for me. I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was 14, which is curvature of the spine. And 
now that I, I know today that the, one of the emotional causes behind scoliosis is, is that you feel pulled in two directions. And I could totally attest to that from what I was being told with my family, the religion, schooling. I was being told one thing, but there was a deeper inside of me. It's like, there has to be more. And I always felt that. And so I just always did. We just followed what the medical system taught us or told us. And I had ended up having um, Harrington rods put in my spine to prevent my spine from curving more when I was 15. And according to them, you know, the surgery was a success, but I was left uh, in pain and feeling sick or, or getting sick on and off for like the next five years. And every doctor I went to just never had an answer for me. You know, I kept saying, why do I get to keep getting sick? Let me just write you a stronger prescription would be the only answer I would get, whether it was an antibiotic, whether it was a painkiller and nothing really worked. And I know my immune system was really, really um, low functioning at that time until I went to college, which I was did not like school, even though I was an honor student, a student, I worked hard. I just hated school, but I went to college because they told me that's what I had to do to be successful. And someone told me to look into the profession of chiropractic and I read the pamphlet. It said the power that made the body heals the body. And I thought, why hasn't anyone told me this in these last five years? You know, it was like the first time I heard truth. It just resonated. And I just went to chiropractic school on that philosophy. And I didn't get adjusted until I was even there. And it changed my life. It, it opened up a whole new world for me. Makes a big difference. Do you have any brothers or sisters? No, I'm an only child. Only child. Um, and you said, you at what age were you diagnosed with this, 15? Uh, 14, I was 14? diagnosed, and at 15, I had the surgery. Wow. And it, to help if people understand a little more about uh, that, what, what you were affected with, is that something that is hereditary or something that's biologic? Is there, How does that come about? Um, I, you know, I'm not big on, I think, heredity. I really believe that's overused today. I do believe um, the way we respond, more than our genetic code, I almost believe it's nurture. You know, you kind of respond to stress the same way that your parents do. We, 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 we kind of take on those patterns as a child in a household. So I don't, I think we can overcome anything. I don't think we're destined to have a certain disease or not, like we have been told. Um, but my mom actually did have scoliosis. She was never diagnosed. Hers isn't visible. But when I got into chiropractic school and I started doing x-rays, I had her x-rayed, <laughs> which is funny because then I ended up getting rid of the x-ray machine once I was in practice. But learning that, um, my mom had the same curve as I did, but hers was just mild. Mine was actually got to the point where you could see it physically, like I lost the waistline. I had a, a, a big bump in my back. So I actually found it myself. I mean, I was always checked in school. I went to Catholic school where you wore a uniform. We used to wear a bathing suit. I remember like once a year under uniform so that the nurse could check our spine. And no one ever told me I had any curve. So it was like all of a sudden I had this bump in my back and I lost the waistline. It was like the summer before high school. And I just remember going to my mom and saying, do you see this or is it just me? And she's like, oh, you know, and that we ran to, the, to the, our pediatrician and, and he sent me off into the orthopedic, and it went from there. From that perspective. Do you live on the East Coast? Did you grow up on the East Coast? Yeah, East Coast. East Coast. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. When when I was diagnosed with um, I have severe rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, the first question they asked me was whether or not anybody in my family had it. And, you know, I told them nobody in my family had it. 
And, uh, you know, I found a doctor that actually helped me figure out where I ended up obtaining. I'll, I'll say, I won't say getting, well, obtaining, I guess. That's where developing. I ended up. Developing. It. Developing. In, it. In your- I am educated. <laughs> I couldn't think of that word. Especially when you're trying to explain it differently than that programming that we're taught, you know? Yeah, that's that's funny. It's yeah. When it was uh, when I found another doctor here in Arizona that helped me to find out where I had developed that, and uh, the answer was actually very interesting in regard to it. And a lot of it was, uh, believe it or not, uh, mosquitoes. And he had scientific proof to show that, similar to malaria, they carry something in in their metabolism, their their biologics, so that when they bite you, sting you, whatever they do. Um, it it got into my blood, and uh, he could track it. He showed me how he could track it. He got written up in several medical journals. It was absolutely amazing. But what he did say was stress accelerated it. So Well, that's the whole thing, and that's the whole thing with the chiropractic philosophy that I started understanding once I went to chiropractic school. It's like, well, why? You can walk into a room, like somebody who has, say someone who has expressing symptoms of a cold, walks into a room, sneezes, not everyone gets sick. Right. Who gets sick? Usually it's the person with the weakened immune system. So that's why I felt that after my surgery, I caught everything, caught everything. Because my system was so destroyed from the right. surgery and everything. It was so weakened from strep throat to chicken pox to getting eyeglasses. I mean, it was just like one thing after another besides the pain. Um you're more susceptible. So it's if you can learn to build up your immune system and how all that works and empower yourself in that way, then you can be exposed to all kinds of things, but you're not affected by it anymore. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, actually, What, uh, uh, especially from that perspective, because you don't think... I think today's society, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think today's society and culture really, really kind of emphasize in... I, I, I don't want to say it's psychosomatic, but I would say that... Y- when you walk into, like you said, you walk into a room and somebody sneeze, you know, my wife doesn't. She goes, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to catch that. And then she does. Of course. You know, it's kind of one of those, one of those things. So I, I kind of stay away from it because of my autoimmune issue. But she had COVID in the very beginning that COVID was here before they actually knew it was COVID. And uh, literally put her in bed for like 90 hours. And uh, we didn't go to the hospital. We went to the hospital, but they thought it was a severe respiratory infection. Didn't know what it was at first. Um, I just washed my hands and was careful and washed my hands and careful. I did not get it from her. Um, but I still took care of her. So I, I, I do believe in, and, and I think you're coming from this perspective, your mind, your body, and your soul have to work together. And education and understanding certain aspects of all of this and how it works I think contributes to our ability to heal, whether it be mentally or physically, on both sides. Is that correct? I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh, it's even in my journey with my journey. With, I've had eight operations, and so I I empathize with you, um, especially being so invasive in that perspective. And from your your point, being fifteen years old, and um, I don't know what that was. Um, being 15 years old, how did that change your life 
I mean, I mean, I only went to college because you know you wanted to educate yourself and you wanted to to find your path in life and so forth. But at that time, can you help us understand what that diagnosis was for you at fifteen years old to understand that you were going to have rods put into your back? Well, you know, I think it started when I was fourteen because they wanted me to wear this brace. I don't know if anybody has seen a scoliosis brace. It wraps around your torso. It from your armpits to the top of your hips. It wraps around your body and it's as hard as a brick wall. And they wanted me to wear this 23 out of 24 hours a day until I was done growing, meaning they were saying till you were like 18, 19 years old. And it was awful wearing that brace. I used to wear a t-shirt underneath the brace to catch the sweat because you would sweat. I'd have cuts underneath of my armpits because it was so rigid um, you couldn't move or bend in it. And to think that I could only take this off one hour a day to shower and exercise. And then the next um, orthopedic doctor told me I could wear it 12 hours out of 24 hours. And I was so happy with that. To just go to from 23 to, out of 24 to 12 hours a day. And that was um, second opinion. So by the time this same doctor told me I'd be a good candidate for surgery, I didn't I had no idea what I was getting into because I just wanted to get rid of the brakes. It was so awful. And I just thought I'm going to, you know, it's like a quick fix. We want the quick fix. I thought he, they made surgery sound great. And, you know, I was out of the hospital in 10 days at the end of August and I was back in school because I'm a beast. I don't stop. Like I just keep going. Like I, I do have a strong willpower. Um, but, you know, you don't realize what you're getting into at that age. I look back now, I'm horrified that I would even have something like that done. Would I change it? No, because it freed me. Like I have more freedom and understanding about my health and body than the average person. I mean, I people live in so much fear of disease and their body and everything else. And I, I don't live in that imprisonment anymore. And I'm free of it because I went through that. So I wouldn't change it. But to think that I went through that, knowing what I know now, it's horrifying. Yeah, I can imagine that. It is it is a situation that, you know, I think it gave you an opportunity to understand how the mind-body-soul connection. I mean, I'm, 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 I keep emphasizing that I'm really big on mind-body-soul connection. That's what got me out of a wheelchair. It's got what motivated me. My daughters, my family motivated me. But I mean, that inner mind-body-soul connection really is what would force me to get out of a wheelchair. Uh, in spite of what those five doctors told to me. So I respect you acknowledging that and understanding that and looking back on that saying, you know, I, 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 you know, if I look back on my journey, I probably wouldn't have stepped in front of a suspect's car. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. But in reality, it gave me an opportunity to change my life and give a better perspective on what's important to me, which was my health and what's important to me, which was my family. And, you know, your journey to become a chiropractor, um, within that perspective, I'm sure that you you got into that field so that you could help other people um, improve their lives, correct? Absolutely. And then once I was changing, I'd be, I was changing my own body, and it wasn't just the adjustments. It took a few years for me to get out of pain while I was in chiropractic school, but there was a lot of factors going on. I was surrounded by like-minded people, who were supporting me saying it takes time to heal and they were supportive of natural doing it naturally and i had nothing but time because i was already 
through every medical avenue after five, six years that they didn't have answers for me. So I already had nothing but time. I was at a surrendered place around people who were supportive and I was learning how the body actually heals. And it was totally opposite about what the medical world said. So, and the adjustment. So the combination of that experience is so powerful. And I believe that's what I was really wanting to bring back to my hometown and, and give to people. I really thought I was going to go back to my hometown and open my practice and change the world. Cause I thought people need to know that they heal themselves. Can I, can I please ask, um, just to help people understand, because we're here to help educate them a little bit and motivate them. So as a chiropractor, we talk about the natural side of healing, whereas a medical doctor is going to, which we all know, you, you walk in, you say, I have a pain, and they give you a pill. Or they walk in and you say, I have this malady, I have this wrong with that wrong with you, they give you another pill. Um, what's the difference between that and going to somebody like a, a chiropractor? So I always say the medical world has an outside-in approach. The chiropractic world has an inside-out approach. So we look at, we have a philosophy. We recognize that the body has an inner wisdom that's always running itself, a life force. We called it innate intelligence. And we say that this life force is running your body, whether you're paying attention to it or not. I mean, think about the millions of functions that are occurring in your body right now. At, just as we're sitting here, or just as you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you know, your lungs are working, your heart is beating, your butt, your blood's pumping, your skin is forming new cells, your nails are growing, your hair is growing. I mean, you cannot rationally, you couldn't rationally consciously control it if you wanted to. So we're like, well, what is the body trying to do? It's always trying to make itself new. It's always creating new cells. It's always healing itself. Why would there be interference in that? So we look at what is the stress? And it's not just always outside in. A lot of times it's the emotional and mental stress that people are under that are causing the blockages in, this, in, these, in the flow of the body. As a chiropractor, I check the spine. We recognize that this innate intelligence or this life force is expressing itself through the brain, spinal cord, and the nervous system protected by the spine. So we would always just make sure the spine is moving properly so that there's no interference between the brain body communication. There's no pressure on the nerves. That's it. Just adjust the spine, take the pressure off the nerves, let the body heal itself. We're not here to fix anything or cure a disease or, or to manipulate symptoms. But a lot of times when there's the interference is removed, the body works better and they, a lot of the symptoms start to clear up. Or you may get more symptomatic as your body purges all the stuff it doesn't need and then it it's even stronger than before. So we look at even like the fever. We don't say take a, a pill and get rid of the fever. We say let the fever run its course because it's magnificent what the fever is doing. It's raising the body's temperature up to burn off everything it doesn't need and then it brings it back down and your body's stronger and healthier. So you can see how Humanity, our immune system has become so compromised because now we take the pill for everything. We don't honor the body's process for anything. But the medical world, they don't learn how the body heals. They just learn how they can drug it or cut it out. And they start compartmentalizing. You see how they have all specialties now? The more specialized the doctor, I always say the less they know because they lost the big picture of the, the entire organism. And even bigger, I mean, even... Once I got in practice, I saw how much bigger the picture is because it's lifestyle. And I don't just mean diet and exercise. I mean, 
their money situation, their relationship situation, their happiness situation, all these things are affecting the flow of the life force in the body. I, you know, that's amazing. I'm happy you said that. It, it's kind of a balance. It's, it's a, you have to balance everything. And if it's not balanced, then, then that's when you start having issues. And, you know, I recognized that long time ago uh, with regard to that. And just from, from my own experiences, I recognized that. I practiced martial arts. I practiced Tai Chi and I practiced um, Aikido. And, and uh, I eventually moved it into Qigong, especially when I was healing. Um, but I, with that, it gave me the opportunity to really inflect within myself that we always knew that the body had the potential to heal itself. You just had to not let other outside elements interfere with that healing. So I believe in acupuncture, and I believe in, in uh, chiropractic, and I believe in, in the naturopathic and holistic way of healings that people are presented with. And what you, I, I love what you said, I love what you, it all has to be a balance. You know, your, your work, your home balance, your financial balance, your relationship balance, because any one of them, if, if I get angry about money, I hurt for two days. Uh, I get, you know, I, I won't say I don't fight with my wife because we have little bickerings, but, you know, my wife and I have a very, very, I'm big tear to my, very valued relationship because we've been together for 35 years and, and through all, everything through all of it. And it is, it is, we have understood that, you know, we try to, to balance things. If we have a disagreement, we talk it through. We have disagreement with our kids, we talk it through. And I think that the majority of society thinks you have to yell or somebody has to be a winner. You always have to have a winner, a winner and a loser, a winner and a loser. But in reality, we can all balance. I think you learned that you traveled to, um, was it Brazil? In India, Brazil. Yep. Oh, I can't read my note. I can't read my notes. Yeah, that's right. Brazil and India. Brazil and India. Uh, what did you learn when you traveled to Brazil and India? Yeah. So I had the opportunity my first couple of years in practice to go with other chiropractors to these areas where they didn't have chiropractic. Um, just some of the uh, people who would come into my friend who was a chiropractor's practice. They wanted us to go to Fortaleza, Brazil, her hometown, because she knew there wasn't chiropractic there. And I went three years in a row and it just taught me so much. I learned so much about energy, raising the vibration of humanity. Um, but also just in Brazil, it was such there was such a spirit there. I feel like people still had their soul. Like they lived a soulful life. There was an innate joy that I didn't feel in the American culture because we are so gung-ho on getting more, working all the time. And we lost that a little bit. So I really was anti the materialistic aspect of our society when I got back. I just was so disgusted with it. I thought I wanted to learn how to be more joy joyful in my life. Then I went to India with other chiropractors to adjust people in Calcutta. And that was what the poorest part of the country. And they had no materialism. And there was so much pollution and, and just so much lack in that way in the material aspect that I thought, you know, having the material is also good. So maybe we can just take the best of all cultures of what we think is the best and apply it to our own life. And that's how we create the life we want by um, honoring. It doesn't have to be all materialistic. 
but we can honor mater the materialistic side because it is good. It serves a purpose, but it just doesn't have to become our God. You know, we can still find the joy in life and peace and purpose and things like that. I think that's profound. I think that um, I I do believe that the journeys that we do have in life, especially in regard to other cultures and other societies and, you know, understanding where they're at in their life and what they bring to it is an important factor for how we profess our lives. You know, um, the, the, the opportunities that you had, I think, that give you more input into what you bring today and what you the, what you've created because you've written a book about all this and how people can empower themselves and how people can to learn to to get this balance and 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 to move forward in life in a very positive way do you i know that you um you also have a bachelor's in nutrition so i this is my personal perspective i I value nutrition. I think that uh, e eating the way I eat, it helps me to manage my rheumatoid arthritis uh, effectively, very effectively. If I eat something that I know will make uh, me inflamed or give me pain, I don't eat that. <laughs> you know, I've learned how to balance what kind of foods I eat, what kind of foods I put in my body, and I know what makes me feel better. Um, how do you think that plays in overall in somebody's uh, well-being and achieving what you what you want to help us to achieve, you know, that, that ultimate. I love how you described um, what you've learned because this is what I realized I really wanted to empower others to become their own best doctor. You know, take what the medical person says, take what the chiropractor says, take what the naturopath says, take what the podcast says, take what the book says, whatever research you do and use what makes sense for you. Try out different things, but question everything. Just because a medical doctor says it doesn't make it true, doesn't make it right. They're wrong a lot of times. So I want to, when you take your power back, you don't live in fear anymore. You can become your own best doctor and say, let me see what really is affecting me. Is it my mental state? Is it my diet? Is it lack of movement? Do I need to exercise or move more? Um, and so really nutrition is pretty simple, I think, to look at because I don't like it to, to rule somebody's life either. I see a lot of diets and that become obsessive. So I think a balanced diet is good, but we just have to remember that our air has been polluted, our water has been polluted, our soil has been de depleted and polluted. So our food has really been overly processed, especially in America. I mean, if you go to Europe, like I went to Italy and the, the food was just out of this world so pure, so clean. I could feel it in my body. I didn't even have digestion issues. Here, we don't have that in America. So just being conscious of what you buy regularly, you can try to buy clean, if you can try to buy organic, what you put in your body, what you put on your skin, just keep it clean as much as possible. Can you do it all the time? No. But if you get rid of 80% of the toxins in your life, you're just gonna function better. Then, you know, you can enjoy that hot fudge Sunday once in a while, or you, but the main thing, is to be mindful when you eat, to be present when you eat, to know why you're eating something. Is it for nutrition or is it for coping, for emotional issues, you know? Know the difference. I think that's important. So I want people to just be mindful. And really, when, you, when you're that mindful and you're that in tune with your body and your energy, you kind of have natural cravings. And it's not like the negative cravings where you're like uh, you're craving alcohol or you're craving caffeine because you can't function without it. It's not that. 
it's like your body almost tells you when you need a salad or you need something heavier. I mean, that's how I work. So you naturally balance out when you feel that. You eat less. I do. I eat less because when I eat too much, it just messes with the energy of my body. I feel too good to mess with that. So I like people to become their own best doctor, even with nutrition. Just be get in tune with why you're eating, what you're eating, how you're eating. And eventually it becomes where you don't think about it anymore. It's a natural pace and you're supporting yourself usually with better choices than not because you're going to start to lean more in the positive direction. Yeah, I think that it's, it's I 100% appreciate everything that you just said because the fact the fact that, I mean, that's the way I've been living for quite some time. My wife is just recently, I mean, she's pretty much, when I first met my wife, as I just said, 35 years ago, okay, you couldn't get her to eat a vegetable. <laughs> You'd put vegetables on the plate and she goes, no, nah, I don't want those. Because she grew up, her parents didn't, didn't do vegetables. Or her mother would do, and Ruth, I know you don't listen to these, but, you know, forgive me for saying this out loud. Just in case, right? Got to cover all my bases. Um yeah. You know, she'd open up a can of corn and just, put, you know, heat up the corn, put it on the plate. And that was kind of it. And it took a long time. But now Diane has a nice balanced diet where she understands what you just said. So it works. She, you know, she, she is well indoctrinated into to vegetables and she comes home craving, you know, I want roasted vegetables or I want this or I want that or a salad and roasted vegetables. It, it really resonates with her now. Her body has learned to get that attunement, and it has learned to say, "Hey, I, if, if I, she knows when she eats too much, she still eats meat. I don't eat meat. Um, she still eats a burger every once in a while, but she's learned that if if she eats one more than once a week, then her body gets mad at her, kind of, sort of." That's I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's you're a perfect testament to everything I just said. I that's it in a nutshell. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, 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 I grew up with a group of Italians. I appreciate what you said about Italy too, because I, I have Italian blood, and we have Italian family in, in Italy. So and, do I. Um, it is. I can see the Italian in you. <laughs> the um, it, it's interesting because the my sister married uh, her first marriage was a, to a guy from Rome, and um, when he moved here, he spoke hardly no English. Um, it, it was, I learned Italian because I have teaching me English, right? So I got to learn Italian. And my first job was with two guys from Italy Pizzeria. These two guys were literally from Italy. So there was Giovanni and there was Sergio. And, and um, it, they cooked good, true Italian food. And they had gardens. So they brought everything from their garden to the restaurant. And I got to learn to eat that way. I grew up prior to probably... 12 years old. I grew up with Southern cooking, okay, from my mother and my grandmother. I can't, forgive me, grandma, mom, <laughs> cover my bases again. <laughs> you know, my mother would cook pork chops in lard, okay, and then take that and make a gravy out of it to put on the mashed potatoes. Yeah, I after, get it. After yeah, after about twelve years old, nope, I'm eating with these guys. <laughs> it's good. It's good food, good life, laugh, live, and love. Yes, that's right. You know, and and I think that that falls in your, the motto that you're teaching everybody about how to take control of our own lives, to 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 be inspired, and to live the life that we want to live, 
Um, laugh, live, and love. Who doesn't want to laugh, live, and love and eat well? You can That's enjoy right. food. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you can enjoy food. I mean, I think some of these um, health fanatics, they've taken the joy out of eating and they have everybody yeah. so neurotic. That's why sometimes people think, oh, if I have to eat healthy, it, it has a negative connotation where I don't preach that at all. So um, I think that's just as stressful to the body as not caring at all. Oh, exactly. I Yes. And when I tell people, I tell people I'm a vegan and then they go, vegan? I go, yeah, I'm 102. How do I look? <laughs> <laughs> you were a chiropractor practicing for 18 years. What made the decision for you to kind of move, not necessarily out of that business, but to to create what you've what you've done with your book. You will talk about your book and everything, but what brought you to that, to this level where you're at now? Yeah. So I just really outgrew the structure of the practice. I saw that people, a lot of times, you know, it's kind of became mainstream. You know, I never got into it to play doctor, but a lot of people just wanted to come in and tell me their problems and make me fix and just get their fix, you know, get their right. adjustment fixed. And they weren't, doing the inner work on themselves. They weren't making any lifestyle changes. And I just, it just became not a joy for me at that point. I love adjusting people. I love chiropractic. It's, it is my lifestyle. I, I mean, it's, I look at life totally different because I'm a chiropractor and it's my first love. It, it really gave me purpose and passion in life. But I just saw that I could grow more outside. Um, I found, um, well, there was a couple things. I started studying money and business because I had to figure out running a practice because I was ignorance on fire. And I came across a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And he talked about creating financial freedom and financial education that they don't teach you in school. And he was basically about creating income to pay you whether you're working or not. So you have more time freedom and more choices in life, multiple streams of income. And so I found, um, my vehicle, it's a network marketing. I saw it was a vehicle that I could help people with healthy habits, create financial flexibility in their life. And also it was all doing the inner work of changing your mindset and personal development with your body, with money, with everything in your life, empowering people. And I just fell in love with it. And I thought I could really help people more with my online wellness business than I could do as a chiropractor um, day in and day out. You know, I really, just had to grow and expand myself. And I wanted to move from my hometown. Um, it was just try it was just time to spread my wings. But there was a lot of guilt involved because I thought, well, what will my mother think? Um, what will my practice members think? You know, I should be here for them. You know, I created this business from scratch. How am I gonna walk away? It was all this stuff. But I just knew it was time to go. The pain of staying was worse than the the pain of going. And um, it was the best thing I ever did. And the book came later. I was really just working on growing, um, building a new life, building my, my business. And then lockdowns happened three years ago. And I knew it was wrong. I knew what was happening wasn't about health. It was about control. And it was upsetting me that everybody was complying with it. And I just thought, you know what? Since we had the time, everything I was doing in my daily life was kind of wiped out because of the lockdowns. I decided to write. I'm like, let me write my story. It's something positive I can do. People need to know that we heal themselves. And I thought there's so much fear mongering going on. Maybe now is the time to share how I healed myself because it can empower people that they can do it too. 
so that's when I decided to write my book was three years ago and add that to the to the mix of everything I was doing because I've always you know I've always lived by purpose almost maybe to a fault to the finances because I'm a big dreamer but everything I do has always meant a lot to me first and I always saw the bigger picture of how I can help others I, I get very inspired if I can if I've changed my life and I can help someone change theirs that gives me passion in life. I love that. So I've always just followed that blindly. <laughs> but it's been a magical journey because that's the soul's journey, right? I think mm -hmm. really you have to follow your joys and your inspirations to maybe a default. And even the, even the blocks that you hit, right, in the world of breaking out of the system or whatever it takes, the obstacle of the word, I was looking for the word, um, that's the stuff that you have to clear. They're all the limiting beliefs. That's all the stuff that you have to clear from your own life. That if you don't tap into it, I really do believe it manifests as disease in your body. It's mm -hmm. all energy. So it's good to really tap into following your dreams and getting through those obstacles and learning to move through the pain and all the stuff, even through healing. You have to feel it before you can heal it. So it's all part of the journey of life. You know, I think that's more of what real life is than what they're telling us to go to school, get your degree, get married, have two kids, um, have the same career for the rest of your life. You know, I think we're here to try different things, to to explore and have many different interests. That's how you grow. That's how you stay healthy. And I really believe like that will keep you out of the nursing home. Like I think this whole nursing home epidemic, this aging, people believe that they have to get old and decrepit and die from a disease or die that somebody got to take care of them where you're like an invalid at the end. No, we can be full on full of life until we yeah. decide to transition out. So I think we need to change that mindset. And I think part of it is really learning to um, create yourself new later in life. I mean, you graduate from college in your early 20s. You're not the same person in your 60s and you shouldn't be. Right. So we really need to nurture different paths and beliefs and we just don't have a blueprint for our whole life. It, it kind of stops like in your mid twenties and then they say, here you go. So. Well, in my mid sixties, I've ended up grumpy a little bit, just a little, just, just a little. <laughs> I, got, I got just a little get off my lawn, you know, <laughs> what are those kids Wait, doing out there? <laughs> uh, no, it, it's, I agree with that. I think that uh, in today's society and culture, they don't take enough time to really, stop and smell the roses and really understand that uh, it's a balance. It's a work-life balance. It's a it's a life balance. You have to be balanced both physically, um, mentally, financially, spiritually. It's a, it's a balance. And if you have that right balance and you understand that you can create purpose and if you if you are working a purpose and, and you lose that purpose, that you have the opportunity to reevaluate where you're at and create new purpose in your life. And that new purpose gives you new vigor and it gives you new opportunities for you to move forward. Um, I've experienced it and I've grown with it. You know, there's people around me that are doing the same thing. I value what you bring to the world in taking that opportunity because you educate people across the world with that mentality that you have the opportunity to be able to balance yourself both physically and mentally and, and financially and, and create the freedom to do what you want when you want if I can say that out loud, um, the freedom to do what you want, when you want, because, you know, I think people, and I don't want to get off on, on too, too much of this, but I think people nowadays, 
lose the opportunity to chase a dream. You mentioned that just a few minutes ago. They think I didn't achieve my dream, so now I'm too old, or it's too late, or I just spent the last 20 years or 30 years doing this for this company or doing that, that I can't do that now because it's not in the cards. Well, I don't think so. I think that you still have an opportunity to continue to pursue, like you just said, to pursue where you want to go and what you want to do. You still have the opportunity. I went back to university at 51 years old. I was the oldest person in my class. Okay. And and when in the beginning I got strange looks, but pretty soon everybody went, he's just a guy here to change his life. Kind of a thing. And then I they asked me to walk the group down when we graduated. So, you know, it's everybody has that opportunity, I think. And you're presenting the tools for people to do that. Um, I know that you changed and healed yourself both physically and mentally. Um, from a spiritual perspective, has that changed any? And you mentioned you went to a Catholic school. I grew up Catholic. I'm no longer a practicing Catholic. Um, I, I am very spiritual, though. I do believe in the universe. I believe we're all connected. I do believe in, you know, one power, the source, or in in this kind of a thing. Um, and I believe in angels. I believe, you know, this all of that. How has this changed you spiritually? May I ask? I agree with you. I walked away. I definitely. Um... I'm not a practicing Catholic. I don't consider myself any religion. I really believe that God is within us. That we, I mean, even I believe Jesus came to show us that we can do what he can do and, and better. I really believe he didn't want to be worshiped as much as he wanted us to do what he was doing. Yeah. You know, especially like the natural healing. I'm like, he was creating miracles because he tapped into the natural healing and people believed in him. If we believe in ourselves and our power, the power is within us. We have the same ability. I really believe that. And I believe totally in the spirituality of things. I am so into the supernatural. I don't, I believe our souls are eternal. I think we come into different bodies at different times, but you know, maybe they're all happening at once. It, it, it gets hard to explain, but I love all the spirituality stuff. I'm into all that, but I, I'm not into religion. I think it's a man-made vehicle. Um, it, we try to define God as human and it's in a human way because our human mind is just can't comprehend the greatness, you know? Yeah. And that was me, even as a chiropractor, I thought, we don't know. Like, even scientific research has a human element to me. I'm like, none of us know. It's all bigger than us. When I was working on the body, I'm like, it's so, this is so much bigger than me. You know, and this little adjustment that I'm putting, I'm like, it's in all, you're in all. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I just believe, and, and you know, one of the, the key takeaways that I tell people, is if you want to stay healthy, you got to get happy because your dreams are not just some fanfare, you know, you're here to pursue your dream. That keeps your life force flowing. All the interest, all the inspiration, the passion, the, the joy, that is your immune system. It's energy flow. And so you don't have to get stuck in labeling the body with a disease or disease or however you want to label it. Look at how you're flowing your energy. What gets you up in the morning? That's what's going to make you feel yourself. It's that passion is how you raise your vibration in your body and start to, to really get everything going. I agree with that 100%. You make me smile. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I watch, I, I explored, because I believe in nutrition the way I do, um, I actually explored uh, the Blue Zone diets 
and so forth. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know his name, but I remember. I know what you're talking about. I'm talking about. You know, it's interesting when he when he wrote those books, and then he further explored it with a documentary. It, uh, I guess it's a, a limited series documentary, so it's like six episodes, I think. On I think it's on Netflix. Um, I watch so many streaming services. I have to be sure, but I'll make sure I'll put it in the notes. But the um, he did a documentary on the Blue Zones and showed the longevity of individuals and the elements. He, he didn't just talk about their what they ate. He, he talked about their lifestyles and their spirituality and the connective, everything that you are talking about here. It it was a balance of everything that showed these people that are living the longest in these, there's like nine blue zones across the world. And uh, there used to be like seven, but now there's nine apparently. Reality is they had that balance. They, they didn't put their old folks, all these things that you were talking about earlier, they didn't put the old people into homes. They, they brought them into a community or they put, brought them into their home themselves. They weren't treated as in, you're old, you're done, you're useless. They were treated as family and respected. And then they, con they contributed and they, that made them live longer. They, gave, they did chores. They went out and picked vegetables or did the garden or they you know, went out and worked on the farm or worked out in the fields. They, they didn't stop working. They didn't stop moving because they were old. And they all had community. They sat and talked. They had dinner outside or lunch outside or breakfast outside together at a table and had a conversation. So, you know, I, everything that you've talked about during this whole episode, you know, it, it made me reflect even on that and watching that. If anybody wants to see it in action and then contact you to see how they can implement it, you know, I recommend that that documentary absolutely because it shows you the balance where you get to see how that everything you, you just said kind of kind of you see you're tangible. People are tangible. You can see it. Um, how do you help people? Like when if somebody if I mean, do you help people process all this? How, how does that come about? Do you you um do you bring them into your fold? Let's talk about that for a minute, can we? Yeah, so I mean, I have my book that I share my story just and I put a lot of resources in that. It's called My Journey to Grace. Um, just to show you how I think, how I made decisions, because it just gives an example of an alternative way of the, what the mainstream kind of tells us and how I found my way. So I did that. I have a master class that people can buy. It's just basically if like you wanted to have a consultation with me in creating your desired life, I put it in video form. But I also do personal coaching. Um, I don't know if it's coaching as much as guidance. I do help people with, if they want to create healthy habits in their life to get out the toxins, add nutrition, and work on mindset, they can do that. If they want to do all that and add another stream of income to create financial flexibility, I also help people, you know, mentor people through that as well. So that's what I offer. And you're welcome. Like, even if you just go to my website and you just want to get on my mailing list, you can do that. It's called my creating creatingmydesiredlife.com. You can find my book there, or you can just ask me a question and I'll get back to you. And that's, I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well so everybody can get in contact with you just by the click of a button if they want. Um, what inspired you to write the book? It basically was just, you know, when lockdowns happened three years ago, I thought it was time to share my story. Just because... to, on that perspective. I mean, obviously it's a brilliant opportunity for somebody to really understand the, that everything that we just talked about, that if you heal yourself physically, mentally, financially, 
it it gives you the opportunity to be happy. Yeah. And, and I think we all, we all want that. We all want to be happy. Absolutely. And I, I think I want to help people break through the limitations in their mind. Like anything is possible. We have to start dreaming again. We have to start honoring these big ideas that we have. You know, they're there for a reason. You might not have the whole picture right away, but that's okay. You just start with baby steps and let, let it unfold for your next steps. I think we think we have to have it all figured out. We don't, you know, take what you know today and then let it build it on itself. We always think we, that's the other thing too. And I'm guilty of this. We always have to push and, and go after something and get it right. I'm learning to step back a little bit, surrender, allow, allow the answers to come in, allow yourself to be guided by synchronicities, by the unfoldment. Maybe if things aren't falling into place right now, there's a reason. Step back, work on yourself, give yourself rest. Rest is just as important. A lot of times we don't allow ourselves to just be or rest. So, cause we're such a goal oriented society, you know? So all these things play into balance. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. I think that uh, you, again, you think you've given an opportunity for people to be able to change their lives in a very positive way. So I thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is one more thing before you go. Do you have any words yeah. of wisdom? I mean, you may have just said them, but do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share? Yeah. Words of wisdom is one thing if you don't, I always say, if you don't know what you want, just look at what makes you happy during the day. Whether it's a little dog that passes you by that you get to pet or you get to see or you get to take a walk outside or the sun came up today. Little things. Start noticing the little things that make you happy. And I always think journaling. Write them down. Make a list of things that make you happy. Write lists of things that you're that you appreciate or you're grateful for, because that starts to expand your mind to to see more of it, to get in tune with the things that make you happy. Because then the universe is going to bring you more and more things that make you happy. Instead of being, sometimes we get problem focused, and the universe will give you more and more problems to figure out. This makes you more like let's let's look at the joys and and the appreciation, and and inspiration comes through that and all of a sudden you might get ideas on how you want to start what things that you want to do in your life whether it's a new interest whether it's a new purpose whether it's a business whatever it is um i i think writing things out is a huge way to to keep track of all the ideas that start to come through as well yeah some amazing words of wisdom thank you for sharing those amazing words journaling journaling is a very important aspect of life nowadays at least from my perspective writing stuff down allows you it the old form of a diary, I guess it's the new form of a diary, right? But, That's right. Yeah, but you, this is this is your new form. So yes, thank you very much. Um, and thank you, honestly, for sharing your journey, sharing your wisdom, sharing your expertise. I really appreciate what you're bringing to the world. I will make sure that uh, the sh the, everything's in the show notes so people can connect with you on all levels to get your book and to get your coaching and to uh, to at least reach out to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. It was an honor to be here. It was an honor talking with you. It was really a pleasure. For everyone else out there, thank you very much for watching and for listening. We really appreciate it. Again, everything will be in the show notes so you can contact Lynn and uh, find her book and or get in touch with her for uh, some help, how she can help you. Um, and one more thing before you all go, have a great day, have a great week, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.